Blog Talk Radio. You ready for the show? You ready for the show? Black Talk, we are on table talk radio. The show for the black. Black Talk, we are on table talk radio. I am black. That doesn't mean I'm vulnerable to attack. I'm just like you, a human, red blood, emotions, a moving figure. But you're treating me like I'm about to pull a trigger. Cause I'm black, you put in the West on me. Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, yeah. Black talk, you're around table talk radio. It's here to show. Here to unify black people, yeah. It's here to get you inside, get you motivated. Black talk, you're on table talk radio. The show for the black. Black talk, you're on table talk radio. The show is a part of sorts. Black talk, you're on table talk radio. Listen and get inspired. All right, you're now listening to Black Topia Roundtable Talk Radio. The biggest colored show on earth with your host, I am Miss Ray, and I'm some guy named Jay with additional commentary from Reginald Thompson. Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio is the number one live stream dedicated to bringing black folks together from all walks of life, teaching, excuse me, teaching the importance of economic empowerment for our people and showcasing the talents and abilities of black people across the globe. This is also the number one blog talk radio show that's not hosted by a convicted felon or a conspiracy theorist wacko. But hey, we're going to put on a great show just as good as all those people too. So listen up. Tonight, our guest is author, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and host of the Mahogany Browns Hour. She does everything. She does everything. Ella Johnson is here to talk about everything, you know, everything that she does because she does everything, and also talk about everything that's been going on in the world today. But before we bring her on, I just want to say that you can download and install the Blacktopia mobile app from iTunes if you have an Apple device or Amazon.com if you have an Android. And uh, we'll also be taking your calls later on in the program. You can give us a call at 929-477-3872. Again, that's 929-477-3872 and press 1. And uh, before we officially kick this off, I just want to give a shout-out to Kendra D. Check out Kendra D. by visiting her official website, www. Kendra-DEE.com, and also check out the upcoming series on the Blacktopia mobile app, Kendra D Uncut. All right, let me go ahead and bring on everybody so we can get everything started. Uh, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa, sick. Miss Ray. Some guy named Jay. Hello, hello, hello. Yes. No class? Hello. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, they took too long. That's okay. Yes, I am. I'm okay. I'm okay, but I'm a little concerned about you. You sound coldish. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's all good. It, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right, one hundred percent. So, okay, <laughs> I'll be all right. Well, def, definitely hoping that you feel better. So, but yeah. hello, Blacktopia, are you ready for the show? I hope everyone in Blacktopia oh. land is ready. Yes. Oh, oh yes. We don't go on because it's ready. We go on because it's nine o'clock and it's Tuesday. So yeah, nine so o'clock. They, so they ready on the dot. I'm in the drop top. Well, no, I'm not. Well, whatever, uh, whatever Earth he said, whatever he said, we here. It's Tuesday yeah. at nine. <laughs> exactly. All right. Excuse me. Sorry. Let's bring on Ranch. Hi, Ranch. Ranch, how you doing? Hey, hey, Blacktopia. How's everybody doing today? Y'all can do better than that. Ridge. Ridge, let everybody know a little bit about you before we bring on our guest, because, you know, you're you're, you're, uh, an additional commentator here on Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio, and you're getting your name out as in the journalism media world. So let people know a little bit about who you are. Let our listeners know. You actually was a guest. About two months ago, actually. Um, yeah, tell people who you tell people about yourself, real quick. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Reg. You can call me Reggie. Um, I'm uh, of course I'm from North. Excuse me, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, I'm finishing up my master's at North Carolina Central University. You know, That's previous so previous Eagle months Pride, ago, Eagle yes, Eagle, Eagle Pride Amplified. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and also, um, I was a I was a guest a couple months ago uh, with Mr. Cohen as I was talking about my music and stuff like that. So this time around, I'm going to bring like the journalist side of me and stuff like that. Um, I've written some reviews over the years, and I also have my own YouTube channel. So in case y'all want to check it out, you can follow me on Reg Views on YouTube. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you for joining us, Reg. No problem. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, we're gonna put those journalism skills to to good to to some work tonight. You know, to some to some use. All right. Yes, oh yeah. Let's go on ahead and bring on another journalist, Ella Johnson. Hello. Ella Johnson. Hello, hello. Hi, Ella. Welcome. Hi. Hello, I am so excited to be on your show. Some guy named Jay. Yay. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, and I was recently a guest on her show, the Mahogany Bronze Hour, last week. That's right. It was a great That's show. That's right. Now I'm in your house, buddy. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, so we're glad to have you here. You sound sound real good over the over the air over the airwaves over the radio. You know, you just <laughs> built for this kind of thing. Well, thank <laughs> yes. you, thank you. I enjoy it. Thank you so much. You too. All of you do. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. 
Now, uh, now, Raven, I know you got some some questions for. Well, actually, before we dig into the interview, Ella, tell us about you. Tell the audience about what you got going on. We know you got the torrent. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm gonna shut up. Oh. The mic is yours. You oh tell my us. gosh. Well, listen. I I am a writer. I'm a mom. I'm a grandmom. Uh, I'm all kinds of things. I have uh, my series. That's one of the things I'm very excited about. It's the torn series, and it's a collection of books that talks about a young woman that goes through life and becomes an adult woman with issues, you know, except she's real about the issues. She talks about them. I don't keep anything, you know, out. I believe in being honest and open and transparent about things because that's the only way people can really heal is when they really know, yeah, she was a young girl. She went to church. I'm from Alabama. She went to Sunday school. She was even a Sunday school teacher, but she was a little orish, you know, and she went through some things and she survived it. And the underlining thing throughout the entire series was her faith in God because no matter what door she went through, she always took God with her through the process, whether she was doing good or whether she was doing bad. But they're all based on true events, all of the books. All of the books are based on true events. That's one thing. Then I also have a nonprofit, Women at Work International. I started that back in 2014, and I went back home and fed families for Thanksgiving. And every year we fed 100 families more. The first year we did 100, second year 200, 300, 400. And then also last year wanted to stretch a little bit, and we fed families in Africa. Africa is very near and dear to my heart. The man I love is from it lives in africa i know that's a whole different story but that a little bit tells you about the torn series because that's how i wrap it up but anyway so about the nonprofit, yes you know i do that plus i have the mahogany bronze hour and yeah that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell i'm just busy doing all kinds of things always looking for something new um coming out with that's mahogany right, kids Child. mahogany kids is next because i want hey. to find a way to get the kids now with this bullying and stuff like that. So the face of that is going to be my grandkids is my daughter, my granddaughter. Oh, Jesus. My granddaughter always says, guess what, Grandma? Guess what? So we're going to have guess what T-shirts. And on the back, each T-shirt will have a different motivational message, things like stop bullying, say no to drugs, you know, things like that. So always looking for something different, always looking for something new, something needed. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much Ella Johnson. Oh yeah. Now, Miss Ray, out of all the things that she's told you about herself, mm-hmm. uh, which one do you want to start with and, and, and drill her on? Yeah, ask the questions on. Well, first of all, <laughs> bring it on, girl. Yeah. I mean, she kind of took out the intro part because she did such a good job um, detailing everything that she's kind of been up to. Um, but let's go back to this torn series first. So, okay, um, I know that I know that it's a three-part series. Which well, that's a four-part. You... It's only three that's published right now. The fourth one will be published and ready by Christmas. Okay, and so that, now is yeah. that the chirping bird one? The chirping bird. No, was, the chirping bird is coming. The Chirping Bird is coming. That is going to be raw, uncut, true story. Because, of course, the Torn series is also true, but it changes some things. But the the Chirping Bird is going to talk real talk uh, about what really, really went down during the marriage, during the divorce, during the, you know, cheating. I mean, real, just real. Yeah, the Chirping Bird is. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about – 
Let me go back. I'm sorry. I just lost my research. But I want to know, because clearly if it's a series, it kind of builds yes. on off of each other, right? Yes. So tell me yes, something, what is something in the first book that you want me to take away? What's something in the second book that you kind of want me to take away? And then in this upcoming um, release that you're coming in, okay. what do you want me to take away? Yeah, so that's, let's go with that first one. And I'm, I'm sorry, okay. I didn't write down the names of the books, but I know it, and it's I'm going to tell the audience. Um, yeah. In a second, but please go. <laughs> okay. Well, the first one, what I want you to take away from it is this is a young girl who, in Alabama, she the way the book starts is that she's out with some friends. And in Alabama, you know, it, it's we didn't have much to do. And one night we went to the club on a school night. You know, we, we saved up our lunch money and we went to, to the club. That's where we put gas in the car with was lunch money. But we went to the club this this night. But this particular night, it was just thick. It was jumping. It was good. It was exciting. And so I came up with the master plan for us to turn around and go back. I said, look, we're going to get a whipping, but we might as well just enjoy it. So we went back to the club, and that night changed my life forever because that's the night I became a pregnant 16-year-old teenager. And in Mm -hmm. Alabama, that was just something that was just like, ooh, you know. And I had friends, and, you know, they killed their babies. I just couldn't afford to. But even in my – you know, not having enough money, I still was able to raise the $200 that was needed to get an abortion. And this is the thing that changes the game for this book because I went, I was on the table. And I, when I say I, I'm talking about Melissa Williams. The name of the book is Torn, the Melissa Williams story. Melissa Williams is me. Mm-hmm. So when I say I, I'm talking about me, and I'm talking about real deal because, like I said, the book is based on true events. Well, she's in the process of getting a, an abortion. She's on the table. The doctor is there examining her. And what saved the baby's life is that Melissa was also a cheerleader, and she managed to get the last $75 that she needed from uh, her cheerleader sponsor. But the cheerleader sponsor says, listen, you got to promise, one, not to tell anyone, and you got to wait until cheerleader camp is over because we don't want you to hemorrhage. Well, she did. She waited that week and then went for the abortion, and she was one week too far. So the cheerleader camp basically saved the baby's life. Melissa left. And that child today is has a master's degree from USC and is also one of the clients of some guy named Jay. So the, the way things turn around, but what I want you to take away from that is Melissa went through all of these different men and trying to find love. I mean, she didn't have a father in her life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She didn't have a father in her life and um, – so she was finding, looking for love, and she ends up with a man, and she thought, this is it. I have arrived. She got the green eyes, good looking, smelling good, you know, and she's just like, oh, this is it. I, you know, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Well, there's an, an issue of infidelity that comes up, and it's not what you think. Most people will think it's another woman, but it wasn't. And that's kind of all I'm going to give you on that one. Um, that's awesome. But, okay. Yeah. So that one ends there. The second book, what I want you to take away, Melissa is starting to feel herself a little bit. You know, she's like, you know what? My husband went out. He did his thing. And Melissa's like, you know what? She's always been the church girl. She always believed in not cheating. She did. And for years, she did. And she realized she was missing out. So, well, at least she felt like she was missing out. She had to find out. So she ended up meeting this Caucasian man who just so happened. In the book, I made him out to be a a doctor, but in real life, he's a lawyer, and he's a lawyer out of Miami in real life. And um, But she met him, and he gave her a little taste. She she Now she's tasting the water a little bit. She's like, okay, that felt good. 
So she's not happy about making these decisions because she's believed in marriage. She didn't want to do it, but, you know, something made her do it, Jay. You know, so she she went there. She did. But one thing about Melissa, she didn't hold herself. You know, she's like, yeah, I, I messed up. Let's move on. She didn't hold herself there. But in the book, I want you to take away because Melissa looked like she had it all together. She was a woman mm-hmm. that was driving. Yeah. She was going through it. But Melissa ended up in a place that most people would be embarrassed to talk about. But she does in this book. And, okay. yeah, I want to leave that because so many of us are so busy making up and making it look good. But I broke it down and said, no, she, this, is what, this is what it is. It is what it is. And she went there. So in this book, I want people to realize that, you know, everything is what it seems. She looked like she had it going on. She looked like she had a happy marriage. But behind the scenes, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, one of the little things I want to give you from the book, she got raped by her own husband. I'll leave that one there. The third book, which is Torn 3, Surviving the Human Snake Pit. Melissa decides, okay, you know, book one had the husband. That didn't work. Book two, she ties the, the white man. That didn't work. She even met a guy on the Internet that scammed her. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, so by book three, she decides it's time to go back to church. Y'all know how we do it. You know, we've been out there in the world. So we've done our stuff. Now we got to see the yep. find the Lord like he's been lost. Yep. Okay? Yeah. So she goes yep. back to the church, back to her roots. She grew up in Alabama, and that's all she knew was church, 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 and more church. And um, she was a nurse, she was on the nurses nurses guild, and she wasn't even a nurse. She, that's just how involved she was in church. So she wanted to go back to her roots because she says, "Listen, I've made a mess of everything. I have really messed up. Let me go back to what I know my mom would want. Let me go back to church." Well, she went back to church, and she still got flesh. Hello, somebody. Melissa still has flesh. See, this is the part yeah. that most people forget. They think, yes, I'm in church, but that flesh did not get saved. Your spirit did, but that flesh is still moving. So Melissa sees a guy at church, and she's thinking, well, Lord, he's going, we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about you. you know. And Melissa starts to compromise a little bit. Now, at this point in the game, third book, Melissa's divorced. She's with nobody. She's trying to find herself again. And she takes up with this man, and she feels like she's safe because he's a minister. And he's... You know, not mm-hmm. he hasn't tried her yet. And so she's like, this is cool, God. This is of you, right? Well, he ended up being really, really crazy because Melissa ended up allowing him to, to coerce her into moving into this house. They blended their families. There was no relationship, but it was supposed to be business. Well, he ended up, I'm gonna, I want you to take away from this book, he ended up being the one person that almost took her out. And if it had right. not, and that was like through poison. He tried to poison her because she was very strong-headed. He was very strong-headed, and Melissa did back down, and that is real. Melissa does not back down. Melissa did not back down. And so she says, well, you know what? Bring it on. You shoot your best shot. She didn't care whether he was a man. Now, we weren't talking physical. He was trying to use his wits with her wits. Now, what she didn't realize is that she was going to use what he taught her against him. Well, it backfired on Melissa because he tried to poison her. And um, what I want you to take from that book is the end to that book was that Melissa was just out. She was just like, this is it. You know how sometimes in life we get to that point where it seems like, you know how like I have a burn on my arm that, you know, I was trying to cook some bacon one day, 
and the burn hit my arm and the grease went so deep in my skin that it didn't hurt anymore. And that's where Melissa mm. was in her life at this point. She didn't feel anything. She was numb. Even in sex, everything was mm. numb. Nothing had feeling. Nothing had taste. Nothing was exciting. I don't care how much <sighs> anyone would have brought it to her. She just didn't feel it anymore because she had been hurt so much that it was just so deep. She was numb. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. taking away from this one, Melissa went to a nightclub at the end of the book, and she was also going through a thing with another man. And men just couldn't make up their minds in Melissa's life. You know, she knew she was a good woman to them, but they just used her. They cheated. They abused. They did whatever because she was so nice. Sometimes you can be so nice that people take that for your weakness. And there were two men that she kind of was interested in. At the end of the book, this was the cliffhanger at the end of the book, um, one man asked Melissa for her hand, and I left it there. Because at this point, you don't know which one it was. Now, getting you to up to date. In book four, this is the final poem. Melissa is going to meet someone that changed her world. She thought she was done. She said, you know what? This love thing isn't working for me. Um, I tried it. I tried young men. I tried older men. I tried white men. I tried everything. I even tried men that didn't exist really because they were scammers on Internet. And she just wanted love. And so at this point, she's broken. Imagine trying to put water into a glass that's broken. You're losing yourself, you know? You're trying to help somebody else, and you're broken. And Melissa didn't realize. She thought she looked apart. She loved God, but she was really broken. So she met this man, and I don't want to give a lot of this one away because this one no one has read, but this book mm-hmm. ends up being a mm-hmm. very beautiful love story where Melissa just let herself go. She let herself go in all areas. She tried one more time. She says, I'm letting it go when it comes to the sex. I'm letting it go when it comes to just, I got to trust somebody. In this world, you got to trust people. So she does, and it ends up being a beautiful story, and you're going to be quite amazed how it ends because this is something I haven't revealed to anyone, but even though this book will end the Torn series, I want to do a spinoff. Now, I'm a dreamer. I, I listen, let me tell you, I, I don't I have no idea how to make it happen. But what I would like to do is I would like to do a reality T V show in Africa and and expose how the difference between African women and American women and a Melissa living in Africa and how she deals with that whole scene. To just kinda expose the differences between the two. But at the same time keeping it positive because we're all women. Because, you know, there's so many things that come up with colorism and all kinds of stuff that women separate ourselves so much when we all just want the same things. So I'm always looking for a way to, to keep it real, tell the truth, but find a way to bring us together at the end of the day. So that's, that's right, much girl. That's right, Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, good night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't bore you guys. I hope I didn't um, bore no. you. I don't think anybody was bored listening to that. Uh, <laughs> I think if people, I think if people were sleeping, they probably woke the. Uh, okay, so <laughs> wake up! Yeah, I'm telling you, it's time to wake up for real. Let's be real, man. Yeah. Let's let's tell these stories real because I'm not I'm not in it. You know, people ask me. They said, "Oh, can your book be in a Christian store?" I said, "Well, if you're the Christian that's real, 
But if you're somebody that wants to fake, no, nah, I probably won't make it in a Christian bookstore because there are a lot of Christians that did exactly what, what Melissa was doing. I mean, half of the time she was in the church while she did some of it. I'm not going to go there, but I'm just going to be real. I mean, because, yeah, I was I was a church girl. I was. I was Little Miss Sunday School. I was Little Miss Baptist Convention. I was Little Miss Secretary of Sunday School, Sunday School teacher, youth minister. I mean, you name it, all of that. But at the end of the day, I was still a teenager, and there was a lot of pressure. And I remember um, as a young girl in a Baptist church in Alabama, when I got pregnant, I had to sit in front of the entire church, the entire congregation, and ask for forgiveness. And that could yeah. have scarred me for life, but it didn't because I, my mother is the strongest woman I know, real talk. And I watched her. I watched her, and that's kind of where my – uh, women at Work International came from because my mom would take me with her on Saturdays to feed people. And that just kind of set the stage for Women at Work International. And my mom was the first one standing right by my side when we started feeding families. So she's 86 years old, but she still has love in her heart for people. But, yeah. Yeah. That, that was that was awesome. That was That was exactly the segue that I needed. To go okay. right into your um, to your nonprofit. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Is, is talk about Women at Work International right now. Um, let's talk about this. Um, okay. Package it to, package it together for me. Tell me, and about what book did the experience kind of spark um, in your life where you decided to go ahead and do the Women at Work International? Because you know a lot of times when we are of service, you know, and we really decide to narrow in on who we want to serve. It's always based off of something that has happened to us in our life personally. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so, yeah. So, so tell me about, since you, you, you know, you've kind of taken us through this torn series and you talked about that and, and how it relates to your life. Tell me how now we spin off to women at work. Well, I will tell you, it, it, it went in torn three. Like I said, when I was living in this big house with this trainer, he was a trainer. That's how I was his assistant. And um, we lived in this big house, but this guy was, was fake. And he was a womanizer. And I wanted to tell these women, but they would have thought I was just hating. I was just trying to save their life. And um, he, would, he would invite women there, but he would make me be quiet upstairs so that the woman didn't know that another woman lived there. This is real talk. And so I did. Where else was I going to go? I was living in his house. It was my house, too, because my name was actually on the the lease as well. But he was very controlling. So I would be quiet upstairs, tiptoeing around like a a mouse or something. And I went asleep one night and had a dream. And in that dream, um, I was in hell. I woke up in hell. And this is real. And this is actually, if you look at the cover of my book, you see a woman that looks like she's in hell, but a lot of people hanging at her and snakes around her. There's a, that is the vision that was in my dream, the vision that you, the picture on the book, The Torn Three. Um, and I had a dream, and that dream woke me up and realized my purpose. I realized that, yes, you may be suffering, but it, there's a purpose behind it. And so I said, I don't want to just live to be popular. I want to live to be purposeful. Because when I die and close my eyes, I want to be able to say that, yes, I was there. I did this. I don't care about all that other stuff. 
making a difference. What you do for people is what lasts. So that dream is what catapulted me into doing something that mattered. So, because the dream is so real. I mean, I was really in hell, and there was a lady. Everybody, it was real because the people that were in the dream, they were all wailing and crying. And I remember there was one lady that was looking up praying. And I said to her, I said, hey, listen, how do I get out of here? This is crazy. It's dark. Why are these people crying? What's going on? And he says, well, they're being held captive. I said, no, they're not. There's no bars. There's nothing up. Why are they just, why don't they just leave? And they said, you see that guy over there? Well, that guy was the devil. They said, you see that guy over there? He has their mind. See, I want you guys to think about that for just a moment. We may not be chained, but so many people are chained in their minds and won't move even if the earth was available to them. So in that dream, I said, wow, is that real? Is that in real life that people have an opportunity to fly away and they don't because someone has controlling of their mind? So when I woke up, I realized I got to do something. And I woke up and created Women at Work International, called some people. They told me I was crazy. I love that because that makes me work harder. They're like, oh, you're not going to be able to do that in Alabama. They're broke themselves. How the hell are they going to give you money to help other people? I, and I love when people tell me what I can't do. That is just – that is the fire I need to get me going. And I said, it will happen, and we will do it every year. So I didn't have a lot of help. I had to go in my pocket. I had to do what I had to do. I remember riding to Alabama for that event, and my tire blew out. And I refused to buy another one because I needed that money to feed families. And I was like, well, you know what? And I, I couldn't put a spare because I already had that on the tire, on the car. And lucky for me, I was driving a Lexus Hello, and the tires for a Lexus Spare looked just like a tire. So, um, you know, I made it up there and everything, and I, I just – I welcome obstacles. I'm not afraid of that. I have no fear. I mean, I've been homeless. I've lived in my car, but I say, you know what, God? I appreciate that because at least I was living in my car in a BMW. At least I was comfortable. I am that person that will always find the good in it just so I can survive it. And That's right, listen, girl. You're going, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage people that are listening to this broadcast because a lot of times you can't tell everything. When you're going through stuff, just don't talk about it. Just be about it. Because sometimes when you start telling people, there's going to be somebody that's going to tell you you can't do it. There's going to be somebody that's going to tell you it's never been done. Who cares? Sometimes you got to keep those dreams to yourself. Everybody don't want to see you grow. So for me to survive something like that, I had to be very quiet about it. And the thing that was funny, I was still doing my broadcast. I was still doing writing. I was writing the book three while I was, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's all about you and what you really want, you know? I don't know what put me on that tangent, but, yeah. Did I answer your question, dear? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you absolutely did. You absolutely did. Yeah. Um, Thank you. This has been a rich conversation. Um, some guy named Jay. Some, some guy, guy named, named Jay. Jay. Some guy named Jay. Is he in the building? I don't know. No, but oh I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. Um, Blacktopia, if you've been listening and want to come on the air, make sure you're dialing 929-477-3872. We are actually getting ready to go to our mid-show break. When we come back, I will talk about a new black fact, and then we're going to get right back into the conversation with um, tonight's guest, Miss Ella Johnson. Um, Yay! And, so, and I know that uh, our lovely commentator, uh, Mr. Reginald has some questions for you, too. So we're going to let him kind of get in on this discussion as well. 
So that bring is it what's on, coming Bridget. up. Bring it on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So everyone gets get a glass of water, juice, wine, whatever you do. If you inhale a little something at the break, you do that. But <laughs> what we're about to do, what we're about to do is go on break. Jay, you there? Because he has the controls. Or hey, girl, what's up? Hey, what's up with you? I'm just chilling. I called to check on my Where you been? You already know. I'm saying, though, like, okay, so last time I came through, I was like, wow, old boy, real comfy in the crib, ain't he? Well, yeah. You know, we getting there. We getting there. Girl, I saw a do-rag, a wave brush. Okay. It's a dog there. Okay, here it's a we dog go. There. Here we go. Ah. Uh. You do too much. I'm just saying, is the dog there? Yes or no? Well. Okay. All right. Okay, so uh, before we go any further, I'm going to ask you one more what, question. What, what, what? Is his gaming console at your house? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or no? I mean, he, he likes he like his ass Okay, okay. So I'm going to tell you, you, you my friend. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. You might be with a hobosexual. A what? A hobosexual. A hobosexual. Yes. Hobosexual. No, it's the real thing. Okay. Hobosexual. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Whatever. I'm going to have to look that up. What is a hobosexual? Hobosexual. A person that uses their sexual prowess to establish a place to live. But you never adhere. Might be a homosexual. Leaving his stuff all at your crib. Might be a homosexual. Eating the snacks you got for your kids. Might be a homosexual. You damn for a place to live. Girl, you're homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Damn, here, homosexual. You know the type, running his game, verbal is tight. Key to his place is so out of sight. Key to your place is keeping him hype. Kick game is strong, he be earning them stripes. He be breaking your bags for a warm place at night. It's so impolite, I know it ain't cool. Try to play you like Google the fool. Long stroke is his only tool. Got you spun out like threading the fool. Little by little, you notice it's up. Like razor brush, pillow charger, socks, playstation. We're from Bay K to a straight up invasion. All of your poppers you never adhere. Might be a homosexual. Leaving his stuff all at your crib. Might be a homosexual. Eating the snacks you got for your kids. Might be a homosexual. Stick you down for a place to live. Girl, you're homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Best friends making bad choices has a bit in. Take it back to the beginning. Come on. Signs was there, you wasn't willing. Ah. See him cause you envision his potential. Girl, that is missing. Take heed, the clues was there. Yeah. You see him when you pick up underwear. Yeah. Is he a man or a mouse? Is he a spouse? Queen get the dude at your house. Yeah. All of your problems you never adhere. Might be a homosexual. Leaving his stuff all at your crib. Might be a homosexual. No. Eating the snacks you got for your kids. Might be a homosexual. Oh. Take you down for a place to live. Girl, you're uh. homosexual. Here, homosexual. 
sexual. Girl, he a hobo sexual. He a hobo sexual. Girl, he a hobo sexual. He a hobo sexual. Girl, he a hobo sexual. He a hobo sexual. Damn, he a hobo sexual. Now, queen, don't feel defeated. I know you feel mistreated. You fell in love with he beat it. It was more about what he needed. Now, take the lesson and heed it. Don't feed it. Any energy. It's time for you to see your enemy. You was tricking off with the enemy. Up his pillow talk was hard to see. He whacked, son. Check the facts, son. Screw the talk, look for action. Boom. All at your spot, but you never adhere. Might be a homosexual. Even his stuff, all at your crib. Might be a homosexual. Eating the snacks you got for your kids. Might be a homosexual. Stick you down for a place to live. Girl, you're homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. Here, homosexual. Girl, here, homosexual. He a hobosexual. Damn, he a hobosexual. What up, this is your man, Avant, and I want everybody to go out there and support the new album, The Eighth. It's in stores right now, but I need you to go download it because they're not holding much product in the stores right now. But big shout-outs to blacktopia.org. Right, everybody out there, y'all know what it is. Matter of fact, shouts out to some guy named Jay. You know what I mean? But also hit me up at Twitter, on Twitter, at Avant Music. Also on Instagram, at Avant Music. And on Facebook, Avant. Yo, I'm in the building, y'all. We can do this thing. Hi, I'm actress and cast member on the upcoming audio sketch show, Yesterday Night Tape, Deara Gray. And I just want to tell you a little about the ABC2 Foundation. ABC2, A Better Chance, A Better Community, was founded in 2012 by Mr. Chester Williams to empower young people by providing a life skills program that promotes positive values, healthy habits, and education through community development, culture, and awareness, resulting in real-life power. The World Changers Program is a network of youth working collectively for positive community change. ABC2's signature program, The World Changers, is for young people ages 10 to 24 of various academic levels, demographics, and all those living in Halifax, Warren, Nash, Edgecombe, Wilson, and Northampton counties in North Carolina. So, if you would like to sign up a child or volunteer with the program, just email CEO at abc2nc.org. If you would like to make a donation to the World Changers program provided by the ABC2 Foundation, use the Cash App and send to abc2nc in the spirit of community. Welcome back, everyone, to Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio. Um, <laughs> I am your co-host. I am Miss Ray, um, along with some guy named Jay. Um, we also have our commentator, Mr. Reginald, and we are talking today with our guest host, Miss Ella, 
Um, we're going to take it back to our conversation, but right now I'm going to give you tonight's black facts. So, I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to what's been going on in the technology sector, but um, I found an article on BBC News um, in their technology sec- uh, section that talked about this company called Home Office. Home Office is a company that is actually responsible for rolling out all of the new um, face recognition um, software to the government agencies to scan now our pictures when we are applying for passports. Now, what happened was that um, an information request from another government agency called the Freedom of Information um, Office, the FOI, they found that the company purposely rolled out technology that was not recognizing either dark skin or light skin. And they purposely rolled it out, even with these um, facial recognition issues, and rolled it out anyway. And a guy by the name of Joshua Buddha, he, his passport application was actually rejected because the facial scan mistook his lips, which were full, and mistook it for an open mouth. And anyone who knows anything about a passport picture, it's a very plain kind of expressionless picture. Um, and they do that um, so that you can't fool um, facial recognition technology, et cetera. Um, something else that has also been happening in the um, technology sector regarding facial recognition is that back in 2015, Google Photos labeled a black couple's pictures. They went on vacation. They labeled their pictures, um, their faces as gorillas. And then earlier this year in 2019, Google also got um, in trouble because they were caught collecting facial scans fraudulently um, specifically from users with darker skin to improve their face recognition algorithms that they didn't appropriately um, research and whatnot before they released this new technology, et cetera. So usually on Black Facts, I you know present the facts, present the issue, and then kind of give you some um, – this is how we can reconcile this. This is how we can rectify these things, et cetera. Tonight, I do not have a clean, easy fix solution. Um, tonight is literally just um, letting everyone know about what's happening, um, specifically because if anyone's been paying attention to what's happening just in the passport world of business, you'll know that um, our government and um, the White House administration is specifically putting into practice um, certain regulations for passport awarding and then even putting um, certain regulations on people who already have passports um, that are kind of, um, not kind of, but they're restricting the um, travel of um, folks with brown skin, basically. And and I can't just say black people because it's not just black people um, who are getting caught up in the ridiculousness of all this stuff. But I'm letting people know um, that to be aware, especially because I know so many of our Blacktopia listeners um, and audience are avid travelers and are passport ready. Um, so just keep this, all these things in mind as you're traveling. 
Um, if you were thinking about getting a passport, I would highly recommend that you do it now, do it before the turn of the year, because starting in 2020, apparently the passport fees are going to be increased. And passports are already running. I believe the applications are 120 for new passports. And that even includes passports that are expired um, and have to um, get re um, certified uh, to um, get renewed. So all of those things are playing a part into our traveling and travel restrictions and everything that's happening at the border with deportation, et cetera, et cetera. There's also some cases where that has happened where um, the facial recognition um, went off about a certain person's or what they perceived a certain person's ethnicity and nationality were, and they were actually stopped coming into the United States, even though they already had um, all their legal papers, et cetera, et cetera. So that is tonight's Black Facts, and we're going to get back into our conversation tonight. That's it. I'm done. So, Mr. Reginald, I hear you have some questions for our for our guests tonight. Would you like to go ahead and ask those? Mr. Reggie, Ms. Ella, who's here? Jay, unmute everybody, please. You there? You can hear me? Because I can't hear anybody. Hello? Hello out there. I'm going to start singing in a minute, Jay. Don't play me. <laughs> Hello. There it is. We're back. Reginald, you here, hon? Reggie. Hello. I didn't even get permission. Yes, Hello? I didn't even get permission. Reginald, are you on? Can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we absolutely can. I didn't get permission to call you Reggie, so excuse me. I'll have to ask for that forget for forgiveness. But I wanted to kick the show over to you to see if you had any addition any additional um questions um that you wanted to ask um our tonight's guest. Um, well I just have a few questions I just want to ask, uh, Miss Johnson, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, Bring it on. Okay, okay. Uh, I just have, well, my first question would be, um, what were your, some of your influences that got you into writing writing in the first place or writing about your experience, if you have any? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, and I, I'm keeping it real. Um, back, I think, in 2000, back, back, I can't remember the year, but um, I actually lost my children to the state of Florida because – I was married, and I made some decisions that most people would say, oh, I would never do that, but you never know until you're actually in it. And that decision cost me my kids for two years because I was married to a man that I'll just say caused me to make some poor decisions because I was in love. And when you are in love, sometimes you can't see the truth. You're blinded by love. And is it really love? It Sometimes I think it may be really abuse, mental abuse, and it causes you to do things that you wouldn't normally do if your head was on right. So I lost my children to the state of Florida for two years. During that time, I made a decision. I'm either going to die or I'm going to write. Um, and I chose to write, and I just started writing. 
and I just didn't stop and have been writing since because now I realized that I have something to say. I realized that I will sacrifice my own, um, what do you call it, my, the way I look to other people, I will sacrifice that to save someone else because I don't care about what people think. One of the things that happens to you when you go through stuff, you tend to, to that's the one thing you let go of first is worrying about what people think because you were just trying to survive. So that survival period, figuring out how I was going to survive, I picked up a pen and started writing. And that was my motivation because I believe that out of deprivation comes desire. And my desire came because I was deprived of things that most people probably enjoyed. So, yeah, that's that was my motivation. Interesting. That's, that's very – I wasn't even expecting that, but wow. <laughs> I know. You yeah. wanted me to say, oh, my gosh, it was because I woke up one day and I just felt like, right, no, it's real. I told you I'm going to keep it real. Hey, well, what you see is well, what you get have, with me. That's it. That's good. Well, we all have different experiences and stuff like that. And so yeah. I understand I understand that you're from Monroeville, Alabama. Yes, I am. And, and you are um, the youngest of eight children, am I correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so like how how much influence did your family have when you started when you wanted to get into being a writer to begin with? If they did. Um I I you know, I would love to be able to say that you know, my family was just right there, and everybody supported and encouraged. And that would be a lie, and I don't lie. I keep it real. But my family supports me now. My family has been very supportive in purchasing my books. But at the beginning, you know, everybody just thought I was just doing something, a hobby, and, you know, uh, another one of Ella's little things she's just doing. Nobody really believed and I don't really care about that because I mean, how many things, how many people that have really, really made it in life that someone was just right there all the time believing and encouraging? No, if there was anything that helped me, it's the people who didn't believe in me. So, but mm-hmm. my family is very supportive. My children, um, I, all of my kids have somehow delved into a lot of the things I do. I have writers in my my. Cause I had six kids, you know, and I started at seventeen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-three, twenty-five, twenty-eight. I had kids just popping them out left and right. And every one of them have contributed and are still contributing things to this world, whether it be broadcasting, writing, you name it. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. My family is supportive, but at the same time, that wasn't my motivation at the beginning. Not my family as far as supporting me. The loss of my kids was my motivation. Gosh, that's yeah. really, that's really interesting. For those of you who are tuned in and listening, we are talking to author, entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, everything that she yeah. does. We're, talk, we're talking to Ms. Ella Johnson tonight. Um, you have about 10 minutes to call into the show um, if you would love to be brought on air. And if you are already um, in our queue, hold on. We see you, and we will get to your call very shortly. Um, our number, again, is 929-477-3872. And, and if you want to talk, you have to, you have to press 1. Okay. It looks like, and it sounds like we have some callers calling in, so we are going to close yeah. that. Um, hello? 
Okay, we're going to coordinate that with Mr. John, Mr. Jonathan. He seems to be having some issues, technical issues with his mic. Um, so I'm kind of doing everything um, through him, and he's going to tell you me go, if there's a caller. You go, you. Good job. Good job. You're doing Thank great. You, yes. Thank you, Scarlett. Thank you so much, Scarlett. <laughs> Um, I just need to take care of the housekeeping issues so we can get back into what we're talking about. Yes. So, so um, Jonathan is going to let me know if there's anyone on um, the line. Um, but if not, we're just going to keep talking. Um, and, yeah, go. Reginald, it's back to you. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so, like, Ms. Johnson, so, Ms. Johnson, um, for a male, like, for, like, a male person who's trying to get into your book, uh, what would you say would be like, say, like something to expect, expect from reading your book as a male reader? How to support his woman better. Um, what a woman goes through when you cheat on us. What a woman goes through when she feels insecure. What a woman feels like when she says no, even though you're my husband. I just want you to love on me and not abuse me as if I'm your property. What a woman really goes through on the other side, because men see us performing and giving and doing, but they don't know what happens afterwards when we end up in a place that even God can't save us from sometimes, it feels like. So I think as a man, because this book is written for anybody to appreciate, teenagers can appreciate it, because people are either in this mess, it's coming, or they're coming out of it. So this book is for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for the Christian. It's for the person that's backslidden. It's for anyone, and that's why I write my books, because I don't want it to be where no one can approach me because they feel like they're just too dirty to. No, 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 no. I like. I want, it, I want anyone to be able to um, put themselves with this. But, yes, men will learn how to support their women better by reading this book and see what happens to a woman who loves you and just wants you to love her back. Greetings. Greetings. Hello. Yes, yes. Hello. Oh. Hi there. Hello. We've got a caller. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah. Introduce yourself and ask your question. Don't be shy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm Text it. You can text your question. Uh, and I was told that that was a mistake. So that is that was a sound bite. <laughs> so that oh. actually was not that was not loud. That was not live. <laughs> okay. So we can just keep uh. going with our <laughs> we can keep going with our chat. <laughs> yes. Bring it on, Jonathan. I mean, Reginald, you have great uh, you have great questions. Ask me anything. Don't be shy. It's okay. Okay, okay. Um, I have about um, two more questions I was going to ask you, Miss Johnson. Well, you sound so formal, Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, Ella. He did. did. (laughs) EJ, what's up? Yeah, you know. I know I've been in church, but I'm not in church right now. You understand? Go ahead. Okay, okay, Ella. (laughs) Okay. There we go. There we go. Yes, sir. Talk to me. Uh, Okay, Ella. Um. So what would you say would be like a central theme throughout your whole book besides love? If you if you had to pick one central theme that can best describe your work. Truth. Truth. She's transparent. Um, I don't believe in 
sugarcoating it. I don't believe in fixing it up. It is what it is. And that's how I wrote the book. I mean, I wrote it in a way that people, no matter what you're going through, you can read this book and realize you're not the only one that's been through that. Because there's a lot of stuff that Melissa did that most people will be like, oh, my God, I thought I was the only one who did that. No, she did it. She was crazy. She did it. She she did whatever felt good, you know, and it was just by the grace of God that she's not dead. That she, You're talking to her now because she attempted suicide. I believe that she actually did die. I mean, the book is just full of so much stuff. I mean, because I, I, I just, I won't, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, no, she got on her knees every night and she prayed to God and everything's all right. No, that's not true. That's not true. She prayed, and it seems like the more she prayed, the worse it got. That's not true. She went to school thinking that she's going to do her life better. She made one mistake in high school getting pregnant. She goes to college, and as soon as she gets ready to leave, I'm giving you guys little parts from the book, but she's getting ready to go home from college on her summer break, and she gets raped the night before she goes home for summer break, and she ends up being pregnant, and she can't tell her mom because her mom, the last thing she said is keep your dress tail close. Don't go out there in that school and do that. You, have, you, 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 you already was hoarse enough in high school. You need to go to school and learn. That's what you're going to school for, not to be following around these boys. Well, it wasn't her fault this time, but she couldn't, still couldn't tell the truth. So it's real, and it touches on real subjects. But Melissa came through it because she made it to book four. You know, she went, she went through some stuff, but she made it to book four. She's living here to tell you and all your listeners, you know, that no matter what you've been through, you know, God can bring you through it no matter what. You know, don't allow someone to paint what God is to you. Get to know him for yourself. Me and him, we're good. I can talk to him about anything. He's brought me through some stuff. He's, I should have been in jail several times. I should have been dead on several occasions. There are times when I wanted to kill myself and couldn't even do that right because it wasn't my time. Just a year ago, I was on the table having surgery, and I died. But, you know, I'm here, so it didn't work. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's very that's very good, very good right there. And, like, I would, have, I would think, like, from, like, reading your book or just taking the first glance of your book, Instead of like you know shedding light on the issue you know of teen pregnancy, you're more into diving into more like an introspective look, like what the female has to go through more than just saying, oh well, teen pregnancy is what's going on, what's the issue that's rising in inner city youth. Would would I be lying about that? Well, I mean, what happens with teen pregnancy is people love to point their fingers, and I I looked at it this way: I was a teen having sex, but the woman at church was having sex with the deacon. She was just as wrong. Like growing up in Alabama, Lord, y'all need to go and pray for this child and put some oil on her because I was just so (laughs) messed up, you know. But they were just as messed up as I was. And as a child, I didn't realize that. I didn't know who I was yet, and I didn't have anybody teaching me the right way. They were teaching me these old mystical things that they were taught. They didn't know any better, you know, and I I don't hold that to them, but I do hold people now because we know better. You know better, you do better. So as far as teen pregnancy is concerned, if there's anyone listening to this broadcast and you are in a situation where you're a teenager and you're struggling with the idea of being pregnant and you're afraid, that was me. I understand that. Find someone you can talk to. I don't care if you got to inbox me. I've been there. 
And I was scared. I was absolutely scared. I was 16 years old in an abortion clinic, and I was using a fake name with the same social security number. That just shows you just how crazy I was. I didn't know. And that's a very scary place to be because I could have died. I didn't, you know, it was back in the day where people were doing these little botched abortions, and I, I just was trying to find the cheapest thing, you know, but it was the grace of God, and I know that's what it was that saved me. So there's some there's some young women out there right now who may be going through something like that. Don't feel, don't put yourself there, and don't allow anyone, not even the people in the church, to put you there, because they'll be the first ones to try to judge you. You know, and I'm just being real. They are, but it's not everybody. I don't speak for everyone when I say that. But there are people that will make you feel bad a lot of times because of their own insecurities. So, no, I don't talk about teen pregnancy in a way to um, put people down, but in a way to say, listen, it's real. And and as far as on a biblical perspective, if you're unmarried and you're sleeping with a man, I don't care if you're 20 and he's 21, you're still wrong in the sight of God, period. Facts. That's very well said. Very well said. Yeah. Well, well all um, right, Ellen. Those what? are all. My, oh, what? Did, okay. Well, all right, Ellen. Those are all my questions I was going to ask you. I'll just um revert it back to to Raven to finish it off for you. Yes, Raven. Well, you did a wonderful Yay. job, Reginald. I enjoyed your questions. I love your voice, and I'm um, just excited so to be here. Yes. You're welcome. All facts. All facts. All right, well, Blacktopia, it is 10.01, and our show is, I know, right? And officially, our show is going to wrap up, but the last thing that I wanted to do is um, open up the opportunity to refer it back to our Blacktopia message stream. If you have any questions that you wanted to ask Ms. Ella, please drop those in the chat. Um, Well, not the chat, but the message stream. You know I always say this wrong every week. Um, The message chat. And so um, drop those questions. I'm going to also be putting up her links to her webpage. Actually, um, some guy named Jay has already posted her website. But we're going to post different parts. I'm going to post different parts of her website because her website is very nice. And um, I'm seeing so many things. It it talks about she has her Women at Work International and her Mahogany Bronze Hour that we didn't get to um, talk too much um, about. Um, So I really want uh, you to follow up with that if you have questions. Well, you guys tune in tomorrow um, night at 7 p.m. I'll be on Facebook Live. That's exactly what I wanted you to do, Ms. Ella, is definitely (laughs) plug all I knew it, girl. I felt it coming out of you. I knew that's what you were trying to tell me. Yes, um, I and please, and please, tomorrow, post. go ahead and post the link into Blacktopia Radio just so that um, our users can be, um, our audience can get um, cross-posted okay. into your audience and do that. Okay. So we definitely, we definitely want to make sure that we, you know, can plug our past and present um, guests in, on our show. So definitely, please, 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 if you can remember to do that. Um, and like I said, I'm tagging you to most of the things that I'm typing about you. So if there's any questions that pop up, I'll make sure that you get those, okay? Okay, sounds good. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank all of you guys so much for giving me this opportunity. Some guy named Jay, thank you so much. Blacktopia, I wish you guys all the best. I appreciate it. I love talking. Every time I get a chance to have a platform to encourage people, I take it. Thank you guys so much. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Miss Ella. 
thank you to my fantastic commentator, Mr. Reginald, who held me down tonight. Oh, Give you. him some claps. Yes. Yeah, yeah. clap and everything tonight. for you. Absolutely. Yes, we hope you had a good time. Let me see you again. And Blacktopia, look, you ain't got to bed. You ain't got to go to bed. You ain't got to go home. You ain't got to do none of that. But you got to get off this uh, chat. So uh, we'll see you in Blacktopia Radio or Blacktopia, the Facebook group. Um, yeah, and we'll see you then. We out. All right. We hope right. y'all have Bye. a good night. Good night. Good night. Bye, everybody.